I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. Them, that he wasn't anywhere near them when when the his his wife and son were had right but then there was a snapchat video from like five minutes prior to that that his son had taken that had been deleted with him in the background talking oh god but he told everyone that he was in the house napping and wasn't even anywhere near the dog kennel where this happened social so media saves the like, day dude you totally you totally did it and i think he knew that everything was going to like the top was going to be blown off this whole thing. And yeah. I don't think he intended to take out his wife, but I think <laughs> like she, she saw too place, much wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Witness like you got to go to like, Jeez. just really the scandals. Really the whole thing, man. Like I said, look it up. It's, it's wild. It's been like the talk of the, the town for the uh, last, you know, honestly, years. I'll just wait. It'll be a Netflix thriller. And oh no, for sure. I think it might already sure. be. Like I think oh, there's, not, nice, I know there's nice. something on Peacock about it. <laughs> of course, it's crazy. There's been like whole podcasts dedicated to it. Like it's just wow. It's an onion, man. They keep finding layer after layer. The layers. And he's like That's claiming crazy. that he had like an opioid addiction for the last like 20 years, but he looks fairly healthy for someone who's had an opioid addiction for the last 20 years. Like it's just the whole thing is just strange. Blaming it on the drugs, and it all happened with this this boat wreck, and he uh, was like, the night that happened, he was like at the hospital trying to get all the kids to make the story the same, so that when they got asked about it, like he wasn't allowing anybody else to go talk to these kids, but he was in there going from room to room, making sure all the stories added up, and where this like just it was, it's wild, it's crazy. Wow, wow, <laughs> you know what but, else is wild? That this is episode 151 of Snakes and Stogies. 151 of Snakes and Stogies. Mike Kosicki was like, oh yeah, there's <laughs> no football tonight. I was like, gee, thanks, Mike. Yay, team sports. <laughs> thought your love of Tom Brady would would take a back seat to us, but I don't know. I just pulled Tom Brady out. I, I, I don't know what Mike's team is, or if he even has a team, but... <laughs> Oh, this, this is episode, episode 151. <laughs> it was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Uh, you need to go check them out. Facebook, Instagram, go on the website, blackboxcages.com. Um, use the code THN at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Yes, they're more expensive than AP. But damn it, are they, are they a much light years better quality? Some people on on the internet would would rather wait an eternity to get their, their stuff. It's their but loss, man. It's their loss. Whatever. That's right. Uh, and then the fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons up there in the when have I not listened to you all? Yeah, that's true. That You're right, true. Mike. That is true. Uh, people of the Pacific Northwest, Jeff and Kendra, Puget Sound Pythons, check them out as well. Facebook and Instagram. Um, they've been doing some vending and stuff up in that area at the Pacific Northwest um, reptile show 
that looks pretty good. Like the venue and stuff for that looks awesome. It does. It really does. And their booth is fantastic. I love seeing their booth. Like everything, like the isopods, the 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 actual reptiles, Colors. like the Funko Pop. Like it, it's awesome. It's awesome. The branding's on point. Yeah. All yeah. Them. What are you smoking tonight? Tonight I am smoking a Gurkha Estate Especial. You and them Gurkhas, man. Let's, see. Let's roll it. There it is. Um, I actually I picked this one because I am obviously nowhere near as an aficionado as you, Justin. But I thought this was interesting because I've noticed this on several cigars, and I wanted to pick your brain and see if I, I do like this smoke. This is a good smoke. Um but I wanted to pick your brain and see if this is a sign of damage or if this is a sign of age or if this is a particular style in which the tobacco is rolled. But I've seen this on a couple different brands, and it's usually of a larger gauge, like a 60. But I'll see if the camera can focus. But on the, the lighting end, you'll see if I can get it to focus. Hold on. Let's see if it focuses. See how there's a line there and the, the tobacco at the end is not wrapped in a binder? Yep. Is that is that on purpose or is that this is thing? so that's okay. that's called uh, considered an open foot. <laughs> an open foot, excellent. And so the point of that is you get the flavor of that filler and binder, and then the wrapper comes in, and then you see that like you're supposed to be able to taste that change. Um, awesome. I think some companies probably pull it off better than others, but I was gonna say kind of the idea. I don't ever ever think I've intentionally noticed it. Because you have open made... foot and then you have closed foot, which is where the wrapper is like wrapped over the end. Uh, okay. And then when you light it, it goes everywhere and gets all over your stuff yes. and burns holes in your shirts. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Like a cartoon cigar. Like a Nika Rustigo, which is what I have. I take it now and I just peel off that that foot because uh -huh. it drives me nuts, especially if you're driving and you're trying to get these things lit. Then it's just uh -huh. it's a nightmare. So it, um, so it's not an actual like second cap. It's just a twist of the binder to to close it. Like a old it's school the, cigarette. It's the wrapper, just the little extra that goes over the foot. So the point of that is the same as the as the open foot that you have there, okay. where you're supposed to get the flavor of the fill in the binder. On a closed foot, you get the 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 flavor, like the pure flavor of the wrapper itself, and not the filler and binder first. So, all right. Well, now that I know it's there, I will. Uh, I'll see if I can tell the difference. <laughs> and which one are you smoking tonight, Smitty? Well, your boy's been broke, uh, but I've been I've been hooked on these Nicaragusticas as of late. I don't know, like the Connecticut Broadleaf, which is what I'm smoking now, and then that Adobe that came out a couple months ago. I really like that. I don't know the price point's really good, and it's just a good smoke. So. Good, excellent. So now I'll also say this is I'm I get a little apprehensive on deep toasting these open foot cigars because I'm afraid I'm going to singe too much of it. So like this one, I just gave it just a light toast, as you guys can see. Actually, it came out on camera pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, do you recommend not toasting? Do you recommend just doing what I did and kind of giving it like a little a little light shellac? Um, I mean, you want to the you want to burn it as cool as possible. Period. So like you're supposed yeah, to get those, those initial flavors, and then once that wrapper comes in, you should notice a pretty big jump in, okay. in flavor there. So. Let's get let's get Mike in the middle here. Let's get him sandwiched. Nice. Yeah, so it's a good time to introduce our special guest tonight. It is. Hey, everybody. We're joined by Mr. Michael Gillen. Hello. Hello. Or is it pronounced Guillon? 
Gillen. Yes, our, our friend from the Great White, Great White North. That's right. So he's you're yeah you're actually up in that that sort of neck of the woods by Jeff and Kendra right so yeah have you gone to that show that they they've been no I haven't been down to any Washington shows yet oh, they're it. like Seattle's like two and a half three hours away not too far okay yeah yeah um so you're a big Texas fauna herp guy. Um, I know you've got some stuff coming from me here soon. Um, so I figured we kind of get into that. Uh, you've been doing some pretty awesome cage, cage gaping, I guess would be the, the word for it. Yeah. I've just been practicing that mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, that the ones I've sent you guys are only like 10 gallons and like a 12 by 12 by 18 XO. Cause doing that on a large scale, that's going to take a lot of growth. So I wanted to, play with it first on the smaller scale and see how it turned out. And so far it's turned out pretty good. Yeah. Nice. So what are, uh, Hey, I, I guess this question isn't terribly different for people that are in Canada, but I'd imagine it might be a little bit different, but how do you, how did you come to get into herps? Uh, the usual dinosaurs and garter snakes and all that. There's uh, tons of garter snakes around here. So when I was a kid, you'd go down to the dikes and there'd be, they're all over the place in September and even March mm -hmm. and February. So you, you can catch like 50 in a day or whatnot. That's awesome. Do you, oh, yeah. do you guys have the, the big breeding balls by you? Uh, or is that strictly like a Manitoba thing, I think? I think that's more like the rock crevice type thing because you could go up to the Okanagan okay. and you could find, in some of the crevices, you can find like 10 rattlesnakes all coming out of the rock. So it's all the Norpax. That's awesome. Oh, wow. oh yeah. Super cool. Yeah, you have... forget that that croats go up that far, you know. Oh yeah, I'm surprised how far they go up, but there there's like a part of the Fraser Canyon that kind of goes up in the middle of nowhere where they probably could be. Like there's been rubber boas and gopher snakes and racers found up that high, but you never know, you might find some croats up there. Yeah, we've Very found cool. some pretty good uh herping spots too, like we got one road that we can hit rubber boas basically every time we go down it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I was, everybody says they're super rare, but then, like, we found, like, some one pass, you can find, like, three or four of them over this, yeah. like, almost like mountain pass, but it's, like, just beside the desert. So That's cool, man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. And what time of year is stuff starting to pop out? Uh, well, for down here in the lower mainland, it's more, like, as if it warms up, you could probably find stuff in like January and February. Oh, okay. Right, like because we, we get days where I guess well Celsius it hits like ten sometimes, so that's like fifty. Yeah, yeah. Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then like obviously salamanders and stuff. That's that's always going to be out as long as it's not like frozen. So those are like right now we could probably start hitting those uh, once it once it starts raining a bit more. Awesome. Yeah, and then is there, the, is there a particular type of salamander that you guys like always look for, or is it just kind of like let's see what we get? Well, we we try to look for the coastal giants, the die camps, but those are super hard to find. We had one buddy that's found one, but it's pretty tricky. But there's like five or six species that like you can consistently hit. Nice. Like you got the redbacks and the ancetinas, and then you got the northwesterns and the long toes. Those things you can hit all day long. 
That's cool. Especially in a especially in a good rainstorm, plus the frogs and sometimes some toads. I always feel bad because I just I always envision Canada as being like this just herpetological vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> not not too much. I'm pretty sure garter snakes are across the whole province almost going up into the Northwest Territories or something like that. There's somebody had a picture of like there's one in like a provincial park in the Northwest Territories where I think there's a picture of them li- like literally on the snow in like May. It's wow. like I don't know how they could even reproduce there. But That's crazy. Do. That's yeah. awesome. It would yeah. be cool to see see rubber boas. Uh, our buddy Doc Wyman was on Herp Talk Radio and they he was talking about I guess he has some uh and I didn't even think about it, but they, he had mentioned that there's there's sort of a theory that those might be some of the like longest lived snakes on the planet. But you think about the fact that they're pretty much down like most yeah. of the year, and mm-hmm. they're you know I think I think here they're moving around actually probably more than you think because yeah. we find them in the summer when it's hot out. Mm-hmm. Like you'll find them all night long on the was it 80, 85 degree nights, mm-hmm. but then there you also can find them when it's almost freezing out i believe in some parts so they could be moving most of the year for all we know which is pretty cool yeah Yeah, i think just given how slow their metabolism is though you know in comparison to oh yeah other species in in our side of the world you know it's uh wouldn't surprise me one bit if that was the case but it's definitely a, a pretty cool looking species even if it's just a Sort of brown, funny looking. Yeah, the babies are almost orange. It's pretty cool when you find the. We actually find more babies than we do like adults. Really? Like on certain roads, like two years in a row, the same stretch of road, we find babies again. Uh, one of the roads is where we find croats and and the Great Basin gophers a lot. And I believe in the spring on that same road, you can find uh, tiger salamanders too. But those are really hard to find. Spadefoots in the Okanagan, super easy. Nice. <laughs> they're every they're everywhere at like once it gets pretty dark out, they're they're everywhere. That's cool, man. Yeah. Now I know like a lot of especially in the southwest, a lot of stuff is very uh seasonal weather based. Yeah. And they're waiting for the monsoon season and so on. Do you guys get any of that or is it kind of just the ebb and flow of the temperatures? I th- I wanna say it's more temperatures. Like because in, I think, the wet season for the Okanagan, don't quote me on it, but I think it's more when it snows and stuff in the fall and the winter, so nothing's really out then. Yeah. And then the spring would probably be, like, the wettest time, because we've gone up there in May, and there's actually flowers everywhere and stuff. And But when we go back in June or July, it's it's pretty much a desert. Wow. All the, all the grass is brown and everything. You still find lots <clears throat> of stuff, but... That's cool, def- man. Yeah. That's cool. So just so for the people that aren't too familiar... With your area, what what's your closest like main city? Uh, Vancouver. Oh, okay, all right. Only, uh, like right now, you could probably get there in twenty minutes. Okay, because I was gonna say you're northwest of Vancouver. Uh, no, more like southeast. I'm oh. close. I'm my city borders on the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. But what um, are you uh currently keeping? Uh, right now, I'm currently keeping mostly oddball colubrids. I have like one Walma python that I rescued last year. It was apparently it's 14 years old. I got it when it was it was 
like super malnourished and stuff, but it's a Walmart Python, so they kind of just bounce back right away. But uh, that, he's cool. Uh, yeah, I got Kentucky Pines. Uh, I got one black and white northern pine. I got some hybrid pines because there wasn't too many available a few years ago when I wanted pines. So I caved and got spent st- stupid amount of money on some worthless snakes. <laughs> oh, don't say it like that. But but they're they're cool, and I raise them up, so I'm just gonna keep them as pets. Nice. So yeah. Uh, but and then oh yeah, and then I got a pair of night snakes. Uh, black milks, black milks probably. Even though I love the transpecos and the pines, I would say my male black milk is probably my favorite snake. Just because yeah, it's, it's hard not to love those <laughs> things, man. It's the only snake you can hundred percent just go in and grab, pick up every time. And yeah. yeah, they're out that's cruising what, around. That's what they were saying on uh, the last episode of Kluber and Kluberd Radio. They were talking like half that episode was about black milks, and they they all you know Clint and. Doc Loafman and uh, PJ all pretty much said the same thing. Like that's one of the few species that they can just reach in and grab. Like they've never, they couldn't recall ever being bit by an adult. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard babies musk sometimes, but I haven't even been musked by the two I got. Nice. And you raised them from tricolor up or. Yeah. I got the male when he was probably a year old and he was still in transition. The female I got last year and she's still transitioning right now. So I I still got a few years there. They definitely grow slower. Like you could, I grew the male up rather quickly, but the female I'm kind of just leaving at room temperature and still eats every week, but I'm not really pushing her to grow super fast. Yeah, man. Grow them, grow them slow. I love it. For those of you who are unaware, we're talking about Mexican black, or excuse me. um, Yeah. Mexican black milks. Excuse me. They're they're Costa Ricans. Costa Ricans. Excuse me. And when they're babies, they're they're tricolor, much like other milk snakes and king snakes. But as they get older, they turn jet black, and they get big and fat and chunky, and they're adorable. Sorry. Oh yeah, they're they definitely make good display snakes too. Like I got my male in like a five foot cage, and he, he uses every inch of it. That's great, which, man. Is, which is great. Uh, and yeah, I got the Kentucky pines. Those things are super awesome. They're my the two I got from a breeder up here. They're they're they're. They want to kill me every time, almost. But <laughs> the one I imported that was actually at Daytona a couple of years ago. I didn't go there, but we had friends down there that were able to. I, I had them looking out for certain stuff, and they they found one. So, and it's turned out to be the nicest. Like I, it's a pine I can pretty much go in and pick up any time. That's and awesome. It's like neon yellow and jet black. Oh, that's so the way to do it, man. Yeah. It is crazy. You imported them. You know, yeah. like that's. It's bizarre, but it's facts of life. You know. It's not very difficult either. Like there's, we got, was it Reptile Express or Reptiles Express mm-hmm. up here? Yeah. Like the opposite of what you guys have by like one letter. Uh, and then, yeah, they just, it's like you would just ship them to New York and the guy drives across, picks them up and then ships them out the same day. So awesome. it's, it's really painless. They only do it once a month though. And it doesn't start back up until like March or April. Yeah. When it's he, like, so he got some some bairds and uh the pair of subox so we've been kind of patiently waiting to see when we can do that and i've never shipped international so when he was like dude it's really not that difficult you know as long as it's not anything like cites or anything like that you know it's it's pretty easy so now that i know that i'm sure i'm not expecting it to be anything 
difficult, but yeah. yeah. There's a that's like a lot of a couple of my friends up here. They they breed like high high level hog nose and stuff, and most of what they sell goes just goes straight to the states because they get your American dollar for like they can sell it for a higher price and technically get more money for it. So oh wow, it's, it's not that hard. So yeah, very cool. And I I also have a paramol and I just got from my friend. <laughs> awesome. She was gonna. I think she's might be getting a pair of double hats from Matt. So then she just sold me her uh, pair that she's had for a couple of years. Very cool. But they're they definitely don't grow slow. Like the, <laughs> it's not an over exaggeration that like what is it? The male he's like double the size of the female because oh, he got wow. a better head start. But he's still only like sub adult male corn snake size. Not even. Okay. And the females like yearling corn snake size. They're eating just fine. They eat like every ten, ten days. They take a couple mice and they're they're cruising. They haven't even cooled down this year yet, which I'm happy about. Nice. My room drops down to right now like sixty five to sixty eight. Everything's eating. Warms up. I turn the heat on in the day to probably gets up to seventy five to almost eighty and. Everything's happy and eating. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. I had to turn on, uh, plug in some heat on my racks this morning because I, so I pulled out the Pied Blood Red Corns that I'm trying this year and the Ghost Tessera and Castagna Motley male and the Ghost Tessera female, pulled them out. And then I pulled out my, my adult, like original Ladies Island female to warm them up because those I'm, I'm planning on pairing this year. And I went ahead and fed them a day or two after that. And it was a, I didn't think the mice were that big when I thought them out. And then when I gave it to them, I was like, that's a pretty giant meal for first meal. And so then I was kind of worried because the room lately has been getting kind of cool and hasn't been staying on the warmer side of things like low seventies. And so out of fear of them, you know, yakking, and giving that back uh, and doing more damage, setting myself back. I went ahead this morning and just plugged in some thermostats and kind of got some heat on them just to, to keep things a little warmer. But it's been really frustrating because we've like, we were kind of back to like the ping ponging temperatures of like 56 one day and then 75 the next and then back down and like just the back and forth, man. I'm like, I usually like cold weather, but the other morning I just woke up and I'm like, I'm tired of this. Like I like, I hate middle of summer, but I'm honestly like, I'm, I'm really tired of having to play this game of like what temperatures are going to be today and what heat do I have to turn on or turn off, you know, by noon because then it gets hot and you know, the entire day I'm worried that a, a probe or something's going to come loose and the whole rack's going to get cooked and just it's frustrating. Ambient's the way to go, but sometimes you just gotta, you gotta supplement. Yeah. I'm uh I'm warming everything back. Well, not warming, but I'm turning on heating this week. So actually, I was going to start with a few racks tonight, and then gauge how the room goes, and then hopefully by midweek I'll have the whole venomous room up to more up, up to actual warming. And uh, then the last thing will be the Serastes because they're the hottest, and uh, go from there. So hopefully by mid month everything will be up to mm-hmm. peak temps. Nice. Yeah, I got 
only a few things in Brumation this year since uh, I was breeding Hognose before, and then I decided I didn't want to deal with selling Hognose, so I got rid of all those guys. And uh, yeah, I got my male bears in Brumation just because I don't need to feed them for a few months, and the hybrid pines, like I could breed them, but I think I'll just uh, let them do their normal thing and not breed them. But saves saves money on food, and then I'm also uh, yeah. permitting my friends, Koreans, Dions, and one of her uh, melanistic Persians. So, you guys yeah. got the the right temperatures up there, especially for the like the Koreans and the the Dions and stuff, because those need to get like cold, cold, you know. Yeah, like the garage was warming up a bit, and now it dropped back down over the weekend. But it, it ranges from probably 40 to 55 for the most part. Yeah, I don't know. I have the Dion's cooled down too. I don't know if I'm going to do those again this year or not. I definitely don't plan on doing as much as I did last year, but I have a feeling I'm going to look at them and then sort of last minute be like, you know what? It's only it's a small clutch. It'll be fine. It'll only be a couple babies. You can always wholesale them. <laughs> Like they're fun snakes to hatch out and stuff. I, you know, I have. I didn't hold back anything. Billy has some of the ones that I sent to Chris. So I don't. I don't know. I haven't decided. Just, and I have to play that game where I tell myself I'm not going to pair stuff, and then I'm just going to go absolutely wild and put a bunch of stuff together last minute. Yeah, you should do more Loma Alta stuff, though, this year. <laughs> Although it seems like everybody's doing them recently. Like, even, uh, uh, what's his name? Casey Lazic. I saw him last June or whatever he, on Fauna. He had a whole clutch oh, really? of Loma Altos for sale. And I was like, hmm, I could send somebody down to pick those up. <laughs> yeah, I've I'm contemplated either doing the, that pair again or doing my... Hypo male to my female Loma, and doing making creating some hats. Just... Oh, that was a question I had. Is Jason Hood was selling was it hype head hypo Loma Alta locality? Were those just like locality crosses, or were those actually hypos from Loma Alta? Uh, no. As far as I know, those would just be locality crosses okay that's that's um, what i thought <laughs> but the original hypo supposedly did originate from that side of the range from like the eastern side so there it's at least fairly close to home um there is the other hypo strain that craig trumbauer has that's from like davis area um which is the opposite side of the range and then that one is supposed to, after talking to Tony D about it on Cornstars a couple weeks ago, that one is more of a, ends up having more yellow than it does like a pinkish hue to it. Um, but then he also made it sound like maybe that was them pairing hypos to the Davis Mountain stuff. And it just sort of, because of that, it sort of tweaked it a bit. I don't know that it's necessarily from like Davis Mountain stock originally, like it's an entirely separate strand or not like i don't know i need to probably dig into that a little more because i have a het hypo female of that that western strand um 
I don't know if the if those two if it is two separate strains, if those two strains are compatible with each other, I can't imagine why they wouldn't be, but you never know. We'll see. And then yeah. the subox, you have subox coming from Justin, but then you also have subox that you have on your own already. Yeah, I picked up some from the same uh, Rob Nemo. I think he's in the Trumbauer kind of clan as well. Okay, cool. He, he picked. He had some. Was it his? So I got Wild Rose Paths as well. Nice. And they're it's the best location. From, yeah, from what uh, he told me, it was Craig and Jerry si- Salmon collected two separate animals and bred them together to make that locality. So I would. So that's that's what I know about that locality. Okay. But, cool. uh, yeah, they're super cool. I finally just got the male to eat. The female's been eating the entire time. But yeah, they're they're super cool. And uh, r- looking through Dusty's book is makes you really want all those other localities. Like there's even oh, some yeah. those really dark ones and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. that'd be sweet. Even, nobody's gonna want it, but like that'd be sweet to work with as somebody who likes that West Texas stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same with I've, the Barrett's. I've had a uh, really bad luck with Subox, and I'm down <laughs> yeah. to one. I, I guess I guess it's Anery. It's it's a male, and the thing's doing really great. But I've had a lot of really bad luck, so I have the one animal now. It just shed, and I, you know I, I look at the sheds. You know I want to make sure that there's no missing scale patches or any kind of funk growing on there. And going off of the cloacal separation technique that smitty told me about in terms of boys and girls and showing the blood spots and all that i think it actually might be a girl that's so i'm hoping that she is a girl and uh within this year i'm probably going to try and find some kind of boyfriend for her um but i had a really rough time and so i love hearing people i love hearing about other people's success with subox because i've had such a rough time (laughs) Yeah, that's think... another species that seems like up there, even in sort of the colder areas, like it would seems like they would actually do really well with that. Yeah, I think was it Clint Bartley uh, mentioned in one of the podcasts he did. It might have even been the first uh, colubrid and colubroid where he just said, add as much ventilation as you think you need and then double it or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. For, so far, I've done that actually with like pretty much all my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any harm done with it, so uh, I, I guess it's probably best to err on the side of caution with that type of thing. And it doesn't hurt your other animals that might not need it, but I think it's, more it's really overlooked. That. Like it's something that's severely—it's like an afterthought for a lot of things. But subox in particular, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that sort of more open air deserty type stuff probably could could afford to to get more out of more ventilation and you know someone asked for the subox delicate um i don't know the delicate's necessarily the word it's just like they're you almost need to put more thought into keeping them drier and offering that more ventilation and like if you do that i think you know you'll be fine like they're mine are rock solid like the, that pair of wild rose pass i have like Never refused a meal. Um, never had a bad shed. Like rock solid, no problems. And I don't know. Like I, I, Phil's experience with them was the complete opposite of what mine's been, which has been like those are super easy snakes to keep. And it's 
it's that same thing of like smaller than normal water dishes, at least here, because we do have higher humidity and then ventilation. And they, they're eating machines. Like they're little monsters, man, especially that female. If I open that yeah. tub, like she thinks she's getting fed. Yeah. I really feel like my, my Davis pair that I got that were like yearling size. I really feel like uh, they got some kind of respiratory issue from ventilation. I really do. Um, because, I have them. I had them in a rack setting with very, very similar other animals, and everyone else is fine. And they just they rolled. Um, and then the baby stuff that I got, I feel like that really was stress related because they were show animals, and God only knows how many shows they had been to. Oh yeah. And because uh, the one the. The one vendor that I got them from, although has very nice, attractive, healthy looking animals. I mean, I wouldn't have bought them if they weren't. It would not shock me if those those snakes had been to three shows that month, you know, and then by the time I got them, they just they just crashed. So it wouldn't surprise me at all either if they were similar to Baird's and the fact that like kind of when they start going downhill and you don't like completely stop everything you're doing to let them just like like ignore them for like weeks just leave them be water changes that's about it like welfare checks cool but bairds and i've talked about it you know previously like i've had bairds crash where it's like they regurged once you know for whatever reason nothing nefarious or like crypto related or anything like that you feed them again and you do it too soon they're going to regurge again and i found that when that starts you just have to literally like stop feeding them for Minimum three weeks, usually. And then when I do put them back on food, it's the smallest thing possible, even if it's a pinky and it's like a yearling size animal, like something, just something small, and then slowly work back to a normal sized item. Because um, I've had a handful of bears, like I said, that I lost because they, they regurge. And then I try to feed them again, you know, a week or two later, and they just regurge again. And it's just, I don't know what it is about that in particular in those like that species. Cause I've never had an issue like that with anything else, but bears in particular seem really sensitive to, to regurge and, and stuff like that. And I wonder if subox, if it's, if it's not a similar thing, given that they share, share space. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones, one of the show ones I got, it slipped into that, that can't hold it down mode. And it got to the point where I, I guess I, it had had not, it had, it had had no nourishment. Wow. Say that five times fast. Um, it had had no nourishment because it kept regurgitating. And you know, I'd wait two weeks and then try a very small item and it would yak. And then I'd wait another two weeks. And at that point, now it's been a, a, over a month, if not a month and a half with no food. And it's just it, the stress builds. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a like the gut, you know, flora and stuff is just absolutely obliterated or if it's like yeah. physical trauma from regurging. And just a, like a combination of that and the lack of flora or what. And I haven't, I have Nutribac that I have not tried on one of these instances. Cause even with corns now or anything else, if it regurges, like I just, I, I stop completely. Like it doesn't get offered food again for three or four weeks. Um, just because I find like giving them that nice amount of time and then very slowly bringing them back up seems to, seems to fix the problem um, in my experience. So I don't, I don't know. I have the Nutribac. I've thought about just supplementing some of the animals with it just so they could. And that's a, that's a powder or a liquid? 
it's a powder it's it's a probiotic okay. powder basically that's supposed to help sort of reintroduce gut flora and and same thing like when we take probiotics similar thing but it's, and is it is it like livestock based no it's made for reptiles like it's oh wow okay like a reptile base i think it's like 25 bucks for a jar and it's not a very big one but it's a super fine powder like a little bit goes a long way so then we should definitely post that somewhere if we haven't already yeah yeah i'll have to find it yeah i think i got it on amazon but even better i um yeah i haven't haven't really tried it with anything but well it's good that you I haven't wanna, had a reason to it's one of those things that i kind of keep on hand in case i have to so yeah yeah but that's cool man I'm glad that uh, Michael's doing the subbox too. That's awesome. Yeah, there's not too many people doing them up here. There's uh like you see a few like Exantanks or Blondes kicking around, but mm-hmm. that's that's really about it. No locality stuff. Same with the Bairds. You see almost no Bairds. You might see the odd well, we're, Mexicans we're fi- we're pop up. That. Oh yeah, yeah. Canadian Bairds take over the U the U.S. invasion. Oh yeah, because right. up here it's mostly it's still a lot of ball pythons and boas and uh, corn. Corns are coming back here now. Finally, there's a couple big people that produce corn snakes up here now. Some of them are my guys I know, and they also breed some of the other stuff. But they they still don't breed bears or they don't breed subox. So <laughs> yeah, have also yeah. I definitely hit the point in my. Or even though I'm I'm only 21, I've hit my the point where it's like I don't want to deal with too many customers, or even selling yeah. stuff really. I'd rather yeah. I'd actually rather just give stuff away, or sure. like it's that that that's more fun than than looking at it as a uh, business. Because sure, if you if you think of it like since when does that actually work out, especially on a small scale? Yeah, it's you might as well just it's all it's all. It's all that money's thrown away by now, and it's just it's it's your it's your fun money that you yep. that you kind of that you already written off. If it pays for <laughs> itself, I'm happy. That's exactly. pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I come to find that it, it usually doesn't. Once <laughs> <laughs> you get to a certain point, it's like yeah, no, it's always going to be in the red, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been reminding myself that for twenty something years. <laughs> But so, what got you into the West Texas stuff? Uh, it was it was Justin. It was Justin. <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's and, then, and then uh, and then eventually getting cra- like I got Subar. I've got the Bairds year and a half ago from a friend, and then that that year is also the first time we went to the Okanagan to actually look for uh, rattlesnake stuff. Really hard and since then it's it's all you really want to do that's it man uh and then yeah reading craig's book and reading dusty's book yeah there's definitely a uh like a charisma about west texas there's that uh, magical man exactly it is, it is. Uh, i still need to go there so uh i just need to find people to go there with <laughs> yeah man it's a, definitely a trip that smitty and i will remember for as long as we live and we need to go back. I know I Illinois, can't wait to go back. A lot of people say like they're not into that style of herping in terms of like hitting all the cuts and hugging the road, and it's so unique to that area. Like it's just I, I like I, doing it. I just don't like yeah. doing it at three a.m. Because <laughs> well, you're a little baby poop face. I'm I'm old. 
I'm a 90 year old man in a 32 year old body, man. I just like that. Like 12 o'clock rolls around, and even that's like that's a late night for me. Like we were in, we were asleep by nine o'clock last night. <laughs> well, this is my thing. We saw animals that we didn't find, but they're there, mm-hmm. you know. And like we were in the Loma Alta area. We saw a DOR Transpecos. We saw someone else's Lepidus. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like we saw a whole car full of people's other stuff. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> but I want to go back and I want to find the I want to find those three, man. Like, yes, Alterna would be awesome, but like baby steps, you know? Yeah. And and I want to go we gotta go back. We gotta go I back. was happy with what we found. I, of course I was. I've, absolutely. I'm not discrediting that in the least capacity whatsoever. I mean, but I want to go back. I want I want I want to see a sub that's alive, you know. I want to go back to Davis Mountains and Alpine. Yeah, dude. Davis Mountains, like, especially now that I got my own leps from Davis, that's, I got to see him in the flesh. I think, I think if you're looking for Bairds, I think your best bet is Davis. Cause if you go on like iNaturalist and stuff, a very, very, very large percentage of the sightings and stuff of Bairds is like Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I want to take up, I want to try and find some of those ranchers that rent their land for herpers. I really want to do that and just it's worth pay, paying a few extra bucks to have your own private stomping ground, you know, even if for a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to hit the day. If I go, I want to hit the Davis. Uh, yeah, I've been, I was almost itching to go like two years ago, even watching uh, Noah Fields uh, videos. It's like you, you just put that on loop and watch it all day kind of thing. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, it's even cooler when you can go there and see that exact same cut and stuff that he's he's walking on. Like you can go to yeah. those same same cuts and like I don't know. I thought I thought it was interesting. It's just cool because like we saw other cars of people also walking cuts and like it's it's so strange. Like that was a a, a odd thing for me was it being such a a part of like the culture there to a degree. Like that whole sort of part of that state is known. It's like sort of a, a mecca of sorts. And even Border Patrol stops you. And when they see the vests and they see the hooks, they like they're like, You find anything cool? Like Herper's it's privilege. It's just weird. It's Herper's privilege. Yeah. It it's wild. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. And you know what else too is I think I was a little spoiled. Um I I love driving. I, like I absolutely love driving and being the driver and I got to drive that trip. And a lot of times it sucks because I don't get to soak in the scenery, the, like the rest of the passengers get to, you know, but it was super cool. Cause like at night it's pitch black. All you see is like cliff walls and like you're herping the cut and like, yeah, you might see some stars. We saw a lot of stars. Let's be real here, but you'll, you'll see some sky, you'll see some skyline, but then we get to like drive through it during the day and seeing the difference and like, dude, Purple Mountains Magistry, like epic, just epic landscapes. Yeah, it, that your uh, Arizona trip sounded super fun too because that's another uh, trip I definitely want to do is the Sky Islands. And oh yeah, oh, seeing okay. all that cool stuff, which is totally different and separate, but like it's yeah, it's the same kind of trip, right? Where you. You're out there and it's well see that was my that was animals. 
that was my first time going to uh, East Arizona, East and South Arizona. And it is, I love Arizona's climate because it is so diverse. I mean, an hour and you're just in a completely different world, you know? And the in between these sky islands is different deserts. And like, oh, it's just Arizona's a monster unto itself, man. It's epic. Because there's there's a bunch of trips you could do there. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. west western Arizona and SoCal, and uh, even northern Arizona and that. Like you got all the night lizards and stuff, and sidewinders and the corals, and even oh, even yeah. the the t- big toads. Like all that stuff is super cool. Yeah, man. I gotta go back. I gotta find Price Eye. It's gotta happen. I really I want to do New Mexico more too. I feel like there's a lot of different species in New Mexico, and I feel like. Because it's in between Texas and Arizona, it kind of gets the shortening of the stick, which I feel bad. And I, there's a lot of really nice stuff in New Mexico. Yeah, so. but the laws are stricter there too. Yeah, but I don't think. Um, yes, the laws are stricter, but it, it's not as it's not as bad as I think it is in our heads. I mean, we're, we're not keeping stuff anyway, you know. Right, but yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Try finding an Alterna or Subox. Well, I, I, I'm with Phil. It's like Alterna would be cool, but I'm more there to see Subox or Bairds or the 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 black tails and stuff like that. That would be the yeah. that, that, that that that's that would just make the trip in itself. Yeah. Dude, that freaking patch nose we found, like the blues on that thing. I know. I never seen it like I always thought they were just like a hay colored stripe. Like this thing straight up yeah. had like baby blues on it and stuff yeah just wild and then i guess that was also kind of the biggest disappointment of the trip because i saw it sitting on the trail and for like a half a second i was like it's a bairds because it had like a slight pattern to it like it would have been a bairds and i was like oh my god is that what i think it is and then i take a closer look and i'm like it's not still cool still very cool yeah i wonder how what I would have to do though to get the herping permit for Texas, since I'm technically not in the country, probably shouldn't be that hard. It would probably it just be, be like, yeah, it's yeah, it's just non-resident. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't totally yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and and I do say this on on multiple fronts is that Canada is the only country in the world that has a lot of um, foreign national rules kind of not looked at. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's uh, like in terms of getting a driver's license, in terms of having oh. non non alien residency. Like we we have a lot of partnerships with Canada that make it super oh, easy yeah. for a guy like yourself to go down and do some herping. You know? Oh yeah, there's the what, what is it? The Nexus. You can. A oh lot yeah. Of, a lot yeah. of people up here use Nexus, and like people that live in like Tawasson or South Surrey here. I live in Surrey, but like people live a little bit more south. They they just get their fuel across the border because it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah you get, get half their groceries that, and stuff. Yeah, it's wild. I was like, because he was like, yeah, it's like a lot of people go, you know, to Oregon and buy gas. And I'm like, there's no way gas is cheaper in Oregon than it is up there. And he sure. like, or Oregon's like six hours away. <laughs> Washington. <sorry>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been to I've been to Oregon, or like even just doing a Washington or Oregon trip would be cool because they have a bunch of stuff that doesn't reach all the way up here, sure. or stuff that's like apparently lives here. But like <laughs> you never see it, like the the yeah. desert night snakes, 
like they're the hardest thing to find in Canada. And like, I try every time I go out there, but like, yeah, good luck. I think most most of their range is probably on uh, native land, anyways. So it's kind of, I'm not even sure if you're really supposed to be out there. <laughs> but uh, but like finding all the other stuff is easy. But yeah, like, or uh, going down to Washington or Oregon, night snakes, and even uh, was it the uh, Columbia River where there's apparently uh, zonata on the. Oh really? Inet has a couple zonata sightings. I know that's really a, that's a that's a meme among the herpers in Washington. But interesting. Uh, apparently, they are there because there's like a because they're found in Southern Oregon. But then all of, but then there's a weird. It's almost like they were released there or something. But like people found them for I think quite a while actually. So very cool. Very pretty, interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you look at the like rubber boas. Like you find three in a night. There's people in Washington, Oregon that have spent years looking and never found them. So. And it's probably easier to find them down there. Like, I think, like, I go, I drive, like, three, four hours to go look for them up in the Okanagan, where it's a desert. But, like, I think we can actually look for them closer. Like, even going uh, <laughs> north of Whistler. Whistler's where the, they have the Winter Olympics and stuff. But mm-hmm. there's a population in that valley above Whistler and stuff. And I think even up by Harrison, there's another population, apparently. But it's, it's kind of just, like, easier to just go out to where you know they are rather than trying to find new spots. Yeah. I knew, I mean, when you talk about night snakes, are you talking like Hipsiglena? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, those, those were a highlight for Texas for me, man. Cause sure. Saw a ton of them. And like, that was just the coolest little snake. And eventually, I, I, eventually I do, I do want to try them, especially seeing Connor Wardle, you know, have them and, and breed them and hatch them and you know the setups he has them in are really neat because it sort of mimics the rock faces and like that's those are just cool little snakes dude yeah and there's so many different species too which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. so like the ones that you have up by you michael they're not the same as the ones in west texas no i don't believe so right. i think okay. the ones up here are kind of they're northern night snakes or something like that desert night snakes okay so they're more like you'd probably find them you find them in like idaho and Washington, okay. Oregon, maybe a bit further south too. Very cool. And you, do you guys get the those desert tantilla up by you? Those those desert. No, okay. but there was. I think there was one on INAT in Washington, not too far from the border, and somebody might have found one actually in Canada, but I never saw any pictures. It was kind of like a rumor. Yeah. Okay. Like cool. There's a there's a few of those where it's like fish and wildlife might have or our conservation officers might have found like a rubber boa like kind of more into close to my house but it's like eh, i don't know <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're probably it's, around it's one it's one of those things where you see something that you go on a naturalist and i mean let's use a common city that everyone knows like uh, orlando okay and in downtown orlando where all like the hotels and clubs and bars and stuff are somebody found an eastern dimeback it's like, no, that's not where they found it. They found it an hour east, but at the same time, that's where they're staying for their trip. So that's where they posted it from my naturalist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think Inet has like a, when you blur where it's actually found, it's like a 20, 20 kilometer thing. Is oh, is it really? I, so what is that? Like 10 miles or something? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's kind of close. So you can probably guess where it actually was found, but mm-hmm. it's not obviously not exact. Yeah, well, I mean, I bring up the Orlando thing because I've I've physically seen it in like my town, like somebody found an Eastern Diamondback 
on the beach in Boca Raton. And it's like, no, you did not find it there. You found it two hours north and in the in the bush in, in, in the palmetto scrub. But you drove home and you did it at two in the morning when you were laying in your hotel room, you know, yeah, and, and forgot to change the location. Yeah, to or, or no, no, they leave it there on purpose. They don't oh, care. yeah. That, that's, yeah. That, yeah. They want to they want to post their picture and, and get the, the tick on the list, but they don't want people to actually know where they found it. So, yeah. I'm looking at Hipsiglin on Google right now. <laughs> Share the wealth, brother. Post that stuff. Because you know, if I try and post any pictures, it's going to crash. So yeah. I, I'm looking like there's Hipsiglina Torquata, which is, is Okanagan Valley. Yeah, Okanagan. Okanagan. Yeah, that, I think that that valley goes into Washington. So uh, Jeff and Kendra, I believe, should should know that. Uh, yeah, because that's Washington. When you actually look at the map, like a good portion of the state's actually like desert scrubland, like perfect for norpacks and uh, Great Basin gophers. And then rubber boas, you find them in the desert, but you also find them in the the, the longleaf pine forests and even in like the more temperate rainforests too. They're they're definitely easier to find though in the shrubland and the longleaf pines. Well, there's that, and then there's Chlorophea, which says stretches from like Sonora and Sinaloa all the way up to Idaho, Washington. Oh wow, it's a hell of a range. Yeah, I'm not really too sure on the taxonomy with the Hypsiglina because it's uh, uh, it's probably one of those things that's not really studied as much as it should be. Yeah, yeah. That was just such a cool little species, man. And like the fact that you could like play with them and they like they don't care. Apparently the ones up here are pretty big too. Or compared to the ones in West Texas, they're big. Yeah, I mean those the ones that we didn't come across any that were like abnormally large. You know, they were all I think the biggest one we found was like what, not even the year like a yearling corn size. Yeah. Yeah. What like fifteen inches maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, they're apparently they're found around where the uh, western skinks are, but I've never found any of those, even though I've looked pretty hard for those too. But those are almost weird because, like, they go they're on like the only on the east side of that valley up to like Kelowna, and then they're also in the Kootenays though, which is like some valleys to the uh, east of the Okanagan. But there's not much else there. Like, you get a couple small populations of gophers or racers and stuff but they actually have a quite a range over there which is kind of weird so maybe all that stuff used to range a bit further in the past very aha california nights are really nice oh yeah super cool slevenai sleveny very very liarish yeah i mean it looks like uh uh damn it um Anteresia. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Kind of like a liar snake crossing Anteresia. Yeah, that's exactly it. Liar snake head with a children's python body. With like a, a dash of Boiga in the mix there. Yeah, a dash of Telescopus. Oh, yeah. I'd actually be interested to see if these are somewhere on that phylogenic tree of 
telescopists and oh i'm sure they are i'm sure they are and it wouldn't it also wouldn't shock me if they were epistoglyphic despite yeah, not necessarily having longer fangs like that's yeah, way they're... bigger than what we saw but i mean it's a different species yeah still yeah, yeah. actually that's about the size of most of the stuff we found yeah yeah this right here was like the biggest i think that's gonna be hard to spot <laughs> Well, and that was kind of the 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 tickers. Like, we know we're not bad at this because we're finding those, and they're tiny, so <laughs> we're just not seeing anything. Oh yeah, that's what we're like too. Because where we are, like, you're probably technically not even supposed to touch any native wildlife, but we, we road cruise and find stuff. Where where we go, there's like there there's barely any cars anyway, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. Other than the farm, other than the people in the lifted F-350s whizzing by you, but <laughs> other other than that, it's it's actually, it's pretty easy just to road cruise and do your thing. Or even hiking for stuff. I've wanted, wanted to try a bit harder at that, but it's it's kind of, it's almost easier just to road cruise because it's like the easier thing to do. Yeah. Do you have friends or acquaintances that have acreage of land that you could herp on no no okay uh i don't i don't know anybody out there that has acreage although there's some of them are for sale but they're not really herping land necessarily actually there's a couple there's there's one on the road where we look for rubber boas and it's like hmm million and a half bucks eh. <laughs> yeah yeah of course that's like in vancouver like every house is now two mil but still it's 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 up a dirt road that like in the winter do you want to go down that road when it's uh, when there's a foot of snow uh <laughs> yeah yeah you even still you could on these damn things somewhere it might be time for you to write one <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anything about them well, that that's like why them. you that's why you do the research and write the book look at that photo oh it's an awesome photo with the shadow yeah, man, definitely, definitely, uh, North American telescopus, for sure. Oh, oh, wow! Look at the bands on that. What is that? what is that? That is that. Tan Tanzari. Wow. Where's that from? Tanzari. That is not uh, American. That's Canadian. probably. I'd say that's Mexican. That's got to be like Yucatan or something. Yeah, uh, don't the don't the liar snakes kind of change pattern down there too? Yeah, yeah. St. Louis Potosi, Huerataro, huh. Hidalgo. Okay. Guanajuato. So, mid central. Very cool. Of course, Mexico has the cool ones. I know, right? Oh, Cooler God. ones. What's that one on the guy's finger? Torquata. Very cool. Like I like when they do the cinnamon bun thing too. <laughs> I didn't see any of ours do that when we found them. Yeah, yeah, ours were very um, on the move. You know, that's another Baja. It's Torquata Bowery. That's awesome. They are cool. They are definitely cool. They're nachschlagen. Ooh, okay. 
Very cool. Yeah, so for people who are unaware, Night Snakes, Hypsaglena, check them out. Do some Googling. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with the Pseudolathe. They're they're also cool, but they're totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are pretty totally. wild, too, because I've seen pictures of those climbing a ceiling of a cave, like upside down. Oh, yeah. I think that's the that species I don't think is in the hobby. I think I know which picture you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. and then the, the other species, there's they say there's three subspecies, but talking to Yazer, he said they're, they're probably all just mixed up in the the one hobby species we kind of got now. Like there could be some different in Europe, but from what I can tell, is Europe doesn't actually have much different from what we have, because we Europe gets what we have <laughs> and then ships it back to us. Yeah. And what what was the genus on that one again? Uh, pseudo, pseudo, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I got, I got a pair of those guys. They're, they're cool, but uh, you're never gonna see them during the day, no matter what. Like subox and barrets will, they'll, yeah. they'll come out during the day, even though they're like nocturnal snakes. But no, these guys are, they will not come out until the lights are off. I think Gron has some, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he does. I think he has at least a pair. But he seems to enjoy them. I think every everyone that I know of that's at least kept them said they were pretty cool. I think there was a similar sentiment of you're not going to see them much unless you're in the room when it's dark. But yeah, yeah, that that is right up Gron's alley. Oh yeah, yeah. So what is is there like what species? Do you not see really up there? You see more, you know, down here as far as people keeping. Like, what's the species uh, you want to see more of up there? Well, there's there's a lot, <laughs> uh, but like even like Molendorfi, I believe I'm probably one of maybe a handful of people that have them up here, kind of thing. Like, there's probably more, but it's I think a lot of the guys that keep the cooler stuff definitely keep to themselves up here, uh, and then there's just a lot of probably ball python people that come in and out of it and then there's a lot of people actually there's a couple people in the recent years that have bought like 200 animals and then they decide they they get it way too over there and then they sell everything and then nobody actually wants what they have (laughs) so yeah so there's a there's a bit of that but uh for that like even seeing centacolis like i think i've seen one or two up here those would be super cool to see uh even Spilodes, you see some of the import stuff, but you don't see obviously no Mexicanus type things. Mm-hmm. Those would be super cool. Puffing snakes, uh, fire axe, those are those are really cool too. Russians, they're up here. Uh, my friend has some, and I believe there's a couple other people working with those. Uh, well, there's two people with well, two people with breeding pairs of rough scale pythons. Uh, though, but only one of them is actually breeding them, so that'd be Don Patterson, which you guys yeah. probably know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is going to do it, Don will. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He never he never comes to any shows though. He he's strictly <laughs> he barely sells to anybody in Canada, let alone uh, uh, he's he his business model is totally overseas, which is the smart way to do it. Uh, but What's yeah, the, uh, is there any venomous laws up there? Oh yeah, they're. Like Ontario and Manitoba, I think are the last kind of 
places where you can legally do it. But that's probably going to change soon. The venomous. It sounds like the Venice community up here is very tight-lipped and pretty quiet about what they do, which is a good thing because then they only let in certain people to it. Sure. Like my province, there's no way you're keeping kinda, any venomous. Wish they'd, wish they'd do that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's... Like I've heard of some people like getting bit and stuff, but you never see it on the news, which is good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like Ontario, like I think where Daffy is, he he could move twenty minutes out of town and keep everything. Oh wow! You, you could keep a lion and tiger there still. Wow! Like like Ontario and Quebec, I think has laws now, but I think you can get permits to keep it here. Okay. You, there's no way you're getting a permit here. Yeah, you could only get a permit if you had the animal before the law, and that was. 14 years ago now so oh, wow. oh wow wow yeah there's a couple of people that have like gila monsters or something still but that's it because those things are gonna live for 50 years <laughs> yeah yeah for sure what about like larger constrictors and larger lizards because yeah they're in the, the same thing are uh, they yeah and then there's a new law federally coming in with banning a bunch of boas and it's it's banning the big cats and stuff but then it's also Banning like some boa constrictors and uh, like olive pythons and retics. Is stuff that gets over certain length, or do they do it by weight? Uh, for that, I think it was just stuff they came up with on a list. But like they put like Dominica boas on it and stuff. Like it's, it's like those are like extremely rare constrictor st- species, right? That like I don't even think they're their own species right now. So nah, it's like, how can you how can you make up a species big. and put it on a list? Right. Uh, but like olives here, technically olives, walmos, blackheads, waters, maclots, and apodora. If they get over ten feet, you technically need a permit, but I don't think anybody does it. You just kind of shut up and keep your snakes, kind of thing. Interesting. And boa constrictors are on that, and imperators too. Wow. But, Wow. But that's but nobody everybody still keeps those here for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm I'm taking care of a couple olives right now. At, there's a local guy passed away, so he had a whole like 200 snakes that me and my friend are currently uh, liquidating slash taking care of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that man. He he looked pretty young. Yeah, he was only 38. Wow. Yeah. And they still haven't found the. They literally have video of the truck going to down the street, and then the two guys running back down the street after they crushed him. So, damn, damn. <sighs> there was the uh, so the folks at the Canadian Herpeticulture Podcast. I don't remember exactly where they were, but they were like where they were at was was really strict on what they could and couldn't have. Yeah, I know Alberta has some other laws. Like, you can't keep Russians there and Dion's. Uh, and then, like, it's the same laws as here where you can't keep... Oh, you can't keep Ganyasoma there, which is dumb. What? But you what? can keep a Barrens and you can keep a False Water Cobra. We can't keep those here. That's... Wow. So it's... it's each province is kind of different. And... Saskatchewan uh, in the last year redid their laws, but then there's one guy that was trying to weasel his way into keeping everything that wasn't on the list too. Uh, 
I like like Louisiana pines and stuff like that when it only said you could keep the other pines. Mm. And then they just and then eventually because he kept putting in the permit thing after it said that you can't bring in animals after the after like a certain date, right? And he was still doing it. And even though he was filling out the form, they eventually came to his house and said that you have to get rid of everything. But wow. uh, they used to, you could keep an alligator there, but you couldn't keep a ball python or samboa kind of thing. That's wild. But now, like, I wouldn't be complaining if I was there because, like, they made blackheads legal. Like, you can yeah. keep a bunch of normal, cool stuff. You can keep most pine snakes and a majority of, like, the main part of the hobby you can keep there, which is, which is, which is for the better, I think. That's just odd. Like, what's the what's the reasoning behind putting these laws in place if they're all sort of coming down at a similar time frame? I, I think it's more just uh, the the politicians wanting to do something as well as the SBCA and that type of thing, trying mm-hmm. to get a grip on stuff. But for now, I think the laws are like people really shouldn't be keeping retics or anacondas for the most part, right? Most people or water monitors, right? Most people can't handle those anyways, and it's not like you can. Florida is a good example of how you could do it properly, but obviously they're getting more strict now, as you know, Phil. Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah. like everybody could have done that and just kind of kept it a, a baseline and just made that the generic thing across North America. But obviously, they everybody wants to do something different. And then I think Ontario is trying to do a positive list as well. Which would be terrible. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Is there yeah. like a U.S. Arc type organization up there? Uh, I think we were trying to do it, but I'm not sure how well that's working out. Because there's a couple big industrial people that are fronting the money for that type of stuff in the first mm-hmm. place. So it's kind of up to really them. Uphill battle, kind of thing. Yeah, like there is guys here that uh, Don was one of them, and some other guys that kind of got kicked out of the hobby slash other things they uh they were the ones that kind of fought our battle back in 09 mm-hmm. before i was even keeping stuff so that's when retics and that all got banned because i think somebody got mauled by a tiger so they made a list oh jeez. but uh yeah but then they kept boas and stuff off the list so that was good for them well like yeah. what are you gonna do uh, confiscate 50,000 boa constrictors across Canada? Like, that's that's probably not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Be like Florida banning iguanas. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're a little late. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, the, the, the six-year-old kid who finds a baby iguana in his backyard and says, you know, dad, can I keep it? And dad says, sure, let's go get a cage for it. And then they set it up in their backyard. And then he gets a $500 fine from the state. Yeah. I think here the the law enforcement is probably a bit more, not necessarily lenient, but they would, like, I think if they found a kid keeping some garter snake or something, it would just be like, just, just let it go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that that's a good thing either, but like they, yeah. they, they wouldn't be as they're, as a uh, as strict on it for the most part, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just as well be swift. Mm. I had something else just a second ago. Well, what are your uh, what are on your horizons for n- new acquisitions or breeding projects or? Uh, right. Well, mostly Justin stuff right now. I'm trying to 
I want to actually get most of the stuff I have in the kind of display cages, or at least kind of because I sure. I found like doing the hog nose and the racks that was it it, it, it kind of gets boring, right? Like you're not seeing the animals as much. You're not you can't just like sit yeah. in the room and watch them, kind of thing. Sure, sure. And yeah, it would be cool to see if like you can breed them just as well in a cage as you can in a tub. So that that's one thing I want to try. Uh, well, in the future, I'm kind of, I'm also kind of holding off on getting too much more, but you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Is also just holding back what I what I produce too is like, well, I'm I'm gonna breed Kentuckys and I have a 1.2 pair. I'm probably gonna keep 1.1 from at least each clutch, right? And kind of line breed those or do whatever I want to do with those. And the same with the subboxes, I'll eventually have 2.2. Mm-hmm. So that'll be like you'll see. I'll see what I what comes out and probably choose a few different things. And yeah, a night it would be cool to line breed night snakes and make them actually red instead of the brown color. Sure, that'd be so awesome. There's all that black That's milks. Good, they're they're more like they're they're black. Like they're they're cool, but then like you don't really need to line breed them. They're kind of something that's just cool how they are. Yeah, well, you you breed them to make more to spread the love. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's, there are quite a few people making them now, so I'm not really in a rush to breed them because there's, I think their market's kind of filling up because everybody that, like, because there's the Mexican black phase and up here, the black milks kind of caught on right as, right then as well. So, they were they were some people were trying to get 500 bucks a piece for them up here. Yeah, like they 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 were they went way up in price, and so now you can't sell them for 350 kind of thing. Wow. So. I think they're they're still pretty expensive in our neck of the woods. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you guys definitely have a bigger market too. So like, true. That's that's Very where true. it's also like, uh, well, if it doesn't sell here, I can just list it on Morph Market and <laughs> sell it down to you guys. Yeah, that's true. Very true. I'm yeah. fully on board with the the Baird's invasion. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> we, we need to do that. I will be happy to facilitate. <laughs> Yeah, those I think more people need those up here. Like corns and stuff are popular, but bear birds are. Why get a like? I I, I love the corns too, and I do eventually want to get some of uh, the, the Jasper County or the uh, your your neck of the woods corns. But uh, whether well, I think of it, and it's like, well, I could just do uh, birds instead of the corns, or that's another pair of subox or something like that. Yeah, so kind of. It's eventually I will get them, but it's trying to stay focused as, as as focused as i can be right it's hard oh yeah so hard it is it is, is it blasphemous to say that the black milks might be better than dry marcon i i would say that i haven't kept dry marcon but black milk well, phil has phil I, I mean have you had both you've had, I've black had both milks. yeah i've had both um i would say that they're very different I would say on a, um, on like a pet level, go milk snake all the way. You know what I mean? Like in terms of a, a pet that like you could take out and play with and like for what in, reason? Hmm. What like do you mean? Why? Uh, temperament. Um, and I don't mean temperament like in terms of biting because indigos don't bite and black milks don't bite, but indigos don't really sit still and they're so heavy bodied especially once they get to adulthood that you can't just like sit on the couch and like play with your play with your indigo like it just doesn't work it's they're very very good pivot on the rephrase there buddy yeah yeah, yeah, right um (laughs) they're very um 
they need to stretch out. They need to sprawl out. So like keeping the body distributed evenly can be difficult. While as I, I feel like the milks are very much king snake milk snake ish they're lamprapeltas you know so you can roll them in a ball and kind of just hold them in your hand and play with them and i would feel more comfortable handing a child the milk opposed to the indigo simply because the indigo is not going to sit still and it's going to want to flop around and it's just it's a the milk's a better pet snake it is let's be oh, real. Sure. And, and they don't get as big i mean they get big don't get me wrong but yeah um for me i put them on the same exact level in terms of keeping and enjoying um the Dramarkum probably poops more but it's still lamprapeltus on the on the milk side so like it's gonna equally poop a lot you know yeah. yeah um i also can say that in terms of like diet they're both eating machines but the milk snake is way more forgiving health-wise on an all rodent diet oh yeah you know that would make Actually, sense. I, we we locked out up here. We found some uh, local quail breeders, so our rodent bills are now very low. Nice, good. That's good. So we, I like my pines. Like I can keep those hybrid pines mm-hmm. fairly cheaply because I can just give them some like fairly small quail. Like just feed them two or three at a meal every week or two, and they do just fine. Yeah. I've also found that like keeping the pines, like everybody says, you have to feed them a ton, but they they hold their size and stuff by even just feeding them. A small meal every week or waiting yeah. two weeks and then feeding them a meal like they mm-hmm. like like I, they don't definitely don't need to be as fed as much as other people have said obviously watch yeah. the body weight of your animal but right sure, sure. for the most part they're they're I've, I've found like even right now since my room is cooler i'm only feeding every 10 to 14 days like a, a smaller meal and everything's holding weight and doing just fine yeah yeah, I definitely I say that the the milks don't have the hummingbird metabolism that the dramatic. Oh yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, they're very. It's odd. Like they they definitely shed all the time, but they also like they'll sometimes they'll be out cruising around all day long, and other times they'll be in the hide. They'll be in the humid hide for a week yeah. straight. So it's, yeah, yeah. What do what you keep yours on? I just keep my. Uh, the juvenile, I set up like a 15 gallon with a bunch of leaves and uh, cypress and cocoa blocks and nice. pork bark and stuff and branches, and it, it loves that. But the adult male, I threw a couple branches in there and some uh, hides and a humid hide, and he does just fine. He also has a UVB bulb on him. It would cool. be nice to eventually have everything under UVB, but that, that <laughs> that's not cheap either. And uh, does the 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 Gaijai's um, uh, bask a lot or no? Uh, I'm sure if I had a heat lamp on him, he'd bask a little. Okay. But I've also like when I was raising him up, and I like and I had him in a rack or something, and he he would never be on the heat really. Like, even if the hot spot was only like 75 and the room temperature is like 70, he would prefer to be on the cooler side still. So yeah. it's kind of you definitely notice that they don't really enjoy the heat as much. But I'm I'm sure they would definitely bask if you gave him like a 25 watt bulb. Sure, sure. Especially uh, by you, it gets colder for longer. So I imagine yeah. that, yeah. In the in the summer, my room holds temp pretty well, but okay. And in the spring and fall, but like right now, it's definitely more of a turning the turning that room heater on a bit more. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Very cool. I still need to get a damn heater. <laughs> and see, I started doing my homework on air conditioners. So that this summer, I want to I be ready in summer so that when winter comes, I get shit really cold. 
So well, it would just be nice for like instead of having to worry and turn on certain racks because I need stuff to make sure they keep food down to just have like an oil filled heater like Bratz has and just turn that on like a lower setting or something and just heat the whole room a little bit more. Maybe <clears throat> yeah. the benefit of it. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd also watch out for probably not leaving it on the whole time because it can heat the room up pretty hot pretty quickly. Yeah. And Maybe. I will say this, uh, I would not get an electric one. And if you are yeah, going to get an electric no. one, no, like no. watch it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't trust those things at all. Cause I, that's another reason, you know, Bratz has showed me the oil, oil filled ones that he uses. And I like those way more than the electric ones. And if I was going to put one out with like the rats and mice and stuff, it'd have to be that one because it's so dusty and stuff. And that, yeah. that that's like, that's just, fire waiting to happen so oh yeah yeah can't have my can't have smith farms burning down how are the rats doing producing good excellent and a lot i'm my still, new rodent guy still sort of trying to like i've been taking females that have either dropped litters or look like they're about to and separated them into like a separate they get a whole concrete tub, basically, and instead of like a smaller maternity tub, they get like a full blown thing. Because I have so many empty ones now, because I still have like one and a half racks that aren't even don't even have anything in them. Nice. And I just go ahead and separate those females, and then usually I'll take another female from that tub and put her in with her. Um, mostly just so they're not sort of by themselves, but also for the sake of like extra heat, so they can curl up together and yeah, stay warm. Um. But it's pretty, like, I like, I almost like them more than mice in the regard that, like, when I can tell when they have litters because they make those mound nests in the corners. Yeah. And it's so much easier to know that, like, because if they don't have any litters, like, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. But if there is a litter or there's a litter coming, like, it's very obvious that they, you know, they mound up and make it happen. I can usually hear the the pups and stuff, but... Um, yeah, so far, I mean, they've been producing like crazy. I need to rotate some this weekend, like move some males around. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been it's doing good. good, burning through freaking food, man. Like I've gone through like a hundred pounds of, of food already wow. in like a month. Wow. Crazy. And are yeah. you, um, are you like selecting moms for certain, uh, harvest, like, Okay, this mom, I'm gonna take the pinkies. This mom, I'm gonna let her get it to pups. This mom, I'm gonna wean them and do wean Not rounds. Yet. Okay, I've pretty much just been letting them have them, and then I definitely need like weaned for the stuff that's gonna be coming out of brumation soon. Um, so that's kind of been the hardest part is like playing catch up right now and and trying to make sure that I'm I've got enough to cover what I need to cover, but then also holding on to enough to keep the colony going so and then there's you know the mice are there i've kind of switched things up with them as far as groups and stuff and i seem to be getting a little more litters out of them so it's cool i feel like i've been just been treading water with them as of late but you're gonna have to get into the freezer (laughs) yeah we bought a new fridge today so no i was saying you're gonna have to get like a like i have like the the chest freezer in the barn so you can just stack your your Ziploc bags of rodents. Oh yeah, I mean my dad has two freezers in the garage, and usually I'll steal one and fill that with because I I vacuum seal everything and yeah and all that. So I usually put them in the he has like a bigger like stand up freezer, like a big like whole fridge size one, and I'll mm-hmm. usually put them in that because that one's newer, and I 
trust it to not crap out. Yeah. That's my like my second biggest fear is having a freezer full of, of stuff that goes out and then I have to trash it all and those all, oh, yeah. all got euthanized for no reason. So Yeah. That would suck, but Yeah, how, go many, how many rodent suppliers are up your way? Uh there's a few. Like there's definitely like the like people like you that would maybe breed like enough to supply a couple people. Mm-hmm. And then there's like CTC. They're on the Vancouver Island. They supply most of the roads, I believe. And then uh, uh, Tyrone out in Alberta, he Canadian Mouse Man. He breeds a bunch of mice. Canadian Mouse Man. It's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. Oh yeah, he 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 breeds the uh, the black milks and the night snakes and stuff too. And oh cool. He has Bahamian boas and some other cool stuff. Nice. Oh yeah, he, he's a pretty cool dude. I think he I, he was actually on that scaled show with uh, Greg West and that those guys are all from Alberta. That that's uh, uh that uh Greg West uh, guy. He's the guy we get our cages from mostly. Cool. They're more like the boa file type cages, I guess you guys would call them. Yeah, hard plastic glass front. Uh, well, you can get plexiglass and stuff yeah. too. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, there's probably a ton more out east and stuff. Like, Ontario is way bigger than uh, out west here. Like, there's definitely a community out here, but Ontario and Quebec definitely probably. Sure. Like, they have they have shows once a month, while out here we have, I think Alberta has six or seven shows a year, and then BC only has, like, two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Have you ever gone to the East Coast shows? Uh, no, I've, I haven't been to the East Coast. I've been to the U.S. more than I have to anywhere out east so you've never been to to every province no oh you're kidding me bro you gotta do it huge man yeah you gotta do it (laughs) i've been to alberta but that's that's about it (laughs) yeah i still gotta do um i gotta do alberta i gotta do yukon and i think that's it no i'm yeah i think that's it where did he go when he came to bc what's that where did he go when he came to bc uh, Vancouver and Victoria. Nice. Yeah. 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 I like Victoria. It was v- very, very pretty. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely more of like a older style town. Yeah, very European. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. But it's super small too. Like, and it, it's like the old person kind of place. Like, there's definitely a lot more like old people there, and, and it's it's the island, so like it's pretty expensive to go back and forth. So if you're on the island, you're kind of there's a few people that probably travel to work every day but yeah you probably don't want to do that <laughs> yeah yeah i get it i get they it. have they actually have some cool things over there like they got the sharp-tailed snakes which are like some weird little tiny ground snake that really is only found there other than one relic population up uh, on the mainland that's and cool. they also have uh, wandering salamanders which don't exist in washington or oregon i think but then they're down in california that's pretty cool. pretty odd yeah, I think um, I, I've never herped anywhere in Canada, but I think my favorite my favorite Canadian place I've been to is probably Prince Edward Island, just in terms of like very chill, the the rolling green hills. There was there was an emu farm, which I thought was crazy. That's pretty cool, you know. And uh, and it did the whole the, the 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 bays in between Nova Scotia and PI, and walk on the walk on the ocean floor, and it was cool, man. I loved it. Yeah, that that's probably a trip I have to do eventually. Yeah, man. It was definitely cool. 
Yeah. Uh, definitely West Texas, though. We need to. It'd be cool to get a, another group together, even get Bobby Pebbles to put a, sure. another trip together. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. We should if do that. Does, let's go to Lost Mind. Say no. <laughs> Save yourself. Yeah. I, I thought it would be cool almost to do a trip where you go from El Paso down into the Davis. But I'm not sure if you guys, you guys have been there, so you guys probably know where the the, the better part to do that spot is. Well, see, I, I, I look at it as those are two different trips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like El Paso and East New Mexico has its own its own areas of, of terrain. And then when you think West Texas, even though El Paso is as west as you can get, I don't I don't feel like El Paso is really like the quintessential, you know, Sanderson Mecca, Davis yeah. Mountains, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. But Del I definitely Rio gotta go. trash. Yes. But that that one that one restaurant we went to in Del Rio, that one Mexican restaurant was delicioso. Oh, I, I pretty good. It was amazing. <laughs> when my when my phone thought that I had crossed the border. <laughs> yeah, we get that down here. You like you dra- drive on the Zero Ave, and your phone's like, "Oh, welcome to the U.S." It's like, eh, <laughs> still in Canada, technically. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, yeah right. I can see the border guard across the street. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you need to get to Daytona too, man. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, I def- that, that was on my list too. But then uh, talking to like Rob Memo and that, he's like. Daytona's awesome, but you should go to West Texas first. You know um uh, a carpet breeder named Han? He's up in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually I think he's on the reptile club board with me. Oh, cool. He yeah, comes down to Daytona. And stuff, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say if, if he can come down, you can come down. Oh yeah. No, I, I've definitely was borderline gonna do it last year. Just trying to do the the trip that's like I, i'll obviously do both of them eventually but it's it's hard to choose and it's hard to kind of i want to definitely go down with the group for sure for west texas but yeah daytona i'd have to probably see if i could get somebody to pick me up on the way yeah i mean yeah, the airport yeah. is actually i didn't realize the airport was as close to the hotel and stuff as it was it's only like a 10 minute drive yeah oh, that's not bad yeah so even even if like you got an uber it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I had a, another friend up here that was to kind of go down because she friends with some of those hognose people down in Florida. Oh, cool. So they were, uh, it sounds like they have like usually the suites down at, down at the beach level where everybody's yeah. walking in and out. That's, I think mm-hmm. that was them. Yeah, those Miami hognose people, they know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> What do they usually so like if you went to Daytona and you bought stuff, would you be shipping it to someone else to ship to you? I kind of just uh, last few times I did it. I, my friends' friends they took care of them until they could uh, export them out. Gotcha. So it, it'd be like sending them home with you kind of thing, and then eventually right. once the export date hits, you just ship them to New York, and then they come over. That's cool. You gotta have a lot of a lot of trust and faith, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta do what you gotta do if you really want something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I get that. 
Well, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that it's people aren't doing that more for stuff like bairds and whatnot that aren't. I think there's just not protected or anything. It's kind of surprising how little people actually are into some of those things. Like, I think there's a few people, but you think there'd just be more. Like, our hobby's not like it's small up here, but it's not. There's still a hobby, so. I also I think there's a there is a large community not community it's not that community it's there's a large sect of herpers or keepers that are not public at all and they are and they are importing some crazy stuff big ticket stuff but they don't have social media they don't post pictures you know and like i have some friends that bring in some venomous stuff and like they tell me flat out, like, oh, I'm bringing in this. You want some? And I'm like, uh, what's that cost? And it's like, oh, they're like five grand each. I'm like, I'm no. But like, there's no pictures posted. Like, they sell like that. Nobody talks about it. So there's a lot of, a lot of very private individuals. I imagine it'd be the same with your neck of the woods, too. Yeah. I think there's some people that imported uh, shinglebacks last year or something like that. Oh, that's awesome. So we got, there's the one, uh, Ashley Dizan out in Ontario. She brings in a lot of European stuff. I think she's she's the one that's bringing in those blue rhinos, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't I don't know if those are really blue rhinos or not. But due to what Matt says, right? But it's hard to I don't know. She she can she can only trust people that, what they're telling her too. So it's if people are, li- yeah. are lying to her, then she can't really do too much about that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, for the most part though, she's brings in a lot of cool stuff, imports in a lot of monitors from the UK and that, and I think Very they're cool. even trying to do stuff from uh, Chaz with snakes and adders. Oh, cool! So like, technically, you guys could get stuff from them too, but you guys already have most of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason like I've never considered shipping to Canada is because I always thought it was a lot of paperwork and a lot of hoops to jump through, and I never thought that. For stuff like Bairds and things like that, that it, people wouldn't necessarily want to deal with the the hassle of it. But you know, it wasn't until you would talk to me about it and and told me that it really isn't as hardcore yeah. as you think it would be. You know, it's like if that's the case, then I'll give it a shot. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. If there's even like Han, uh, I believe he does some sighty <laughs> stuff too. So like he's imported most of his green trees. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So like that stuff obviously takes a bit longer, but some of that's not too hard either. I believe. Sure, sure. Obviously, you don't want to try any Aussie stuff, as we know now, but... Yeah, yeah. But I think we can still export anything, really, or get in anything, as long as it has paperwork. Yeah. So Speaking of uh, blue snakes, Smitty, you get the new hoodie on. Oh, yeah. Show that sucker off. U.S. Ganyasoma Alliance. Booyah. Real Ganyasoma. <laughs> we include all Gon- true Gonsoma and Sister Taxa. Did you guys see that Taxa. picture of that uh, that other species of Ganyos that uh, I don't think I've ever heard of before? Like the Marginata or something like that? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's the, the Holy Grail. I, I have friends that got offered some. They're really expensive. <laughs> I'm sure they are now. Yeah. I yeah. would I would be very 
suspicious of the legitimacy of, of yeah they're, they're gonna oh, show they're, up and you're gonna oh, get some uh, red tails oh no they're they're legit <laughs> they're they're legit from from proven proven dealings that's good but i mean in terms too of like rich for my blood forced. oh no no because <laughs> from what i understand the range of those is a protected area well when you have government letterhead nobody cares so, okay, sure. yeah, yeah. You just I say don't know, man. That's, patch. that's a. I'd be real nervous about screwing that up and those things rolling. Like yeah. knowing how how just sensitive Ganyo stuff is as it's you know imported anyways. I'd be I'd be real nervous. Yeah, yeah. About screwing that up. How are those Jansen I doing? They're doing anything yet? Um, not that I've noticed. So the female shed uh, recently, like just a couple days ago. So I'm hoping that kind of got the male going. I've been misting them pretty regularly and trying to up food. And that's and the they... uh, the problem with the like the rat pups. So I need I need answers to this, and maybe someone knows. If I take so like the mice, if I take a, a couple of fuzzies or a couple of pinkies from a litter and leave the rest, it's no problem. But I'm wondering with rats, do I have to take the entire litter? Like I can't just take a few because I had one litter in particular where it had been clear that the pups had been chewed on by an adult or multiple adults, I don't know. And that was a litter that I had taken, I think like two from. And so it makes me wonder if someone in the chat knows, um, or if either of you know, like with rats, can you, can you, is it an all or nothing thing in terms of taking stuff from them? I always thought it was mice that were the the ones that you couldn't really no, take mice a couple from. So yeah, like I'm breeding mice now too, and they're the, they're like I haven't had issues really, other than probably so not feeding them enough. You're saying that you had a mom have a litter. And then you pulled some offspring away, and then mm -hmm. she hurt her other babies. I don't know if it was her because it was this was before I started separating the girls. Mm. So this was a female with a litter with you know four or five other rats in the tub with her. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of that personally. Um, I'm not a ratter, but like, I mean, I think about the mothers that we had over the years, like in the pet shops and like wet nurses that we had in the pet shops and I me mean, think about it. We're constantly pulling their offspring away of different mm -hmm. age, constantly all day long, every single day. Yeah. And like the wet nurses, you'd add more babies and they would just do their job, you know? And then we still take them away to sell to customers. So I it must've been purely coincidental, but I haven't yeah. done it because I was then was like, great. Now I have to sort of figure out if it's an all or nothing thing, but Bill's saying yeah. they've taken a few from a litter and hadn't had any problems. So yeah, I mean, maybe it was just an asshole tub mate or something. Not to be coarse, but like you'd have a, a, a mother that, that was not, excuse me, a mother that was an unexpected birth. And she had say, I don't know, 10, 10 pinks. I would take, we would take all those 10 away from her and put them to the wet nurse. And then by that afternoon, all 10 of those rat pinks were sold. And then, the, and then the next day, that winter's got a different litter, like, hmm. and we never had issues like that. So, but again, I'm, I'm not a ratter, so I don't. This is just my yeah, personal observation, know. you know. 
Yeah, I've had the same experience as Phil working at a pet shop and breeding lots of rats and mice. Yeah. And, and Bill puts up a good point, too, is, it, is that in a wet nurse scenario, you don't have males. So it could have very well been a male, you know, being dominant or whatever. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, there's there's one male per tub. I know there's probably a, a couple that may have two. Um, yeah. But those don't seem to have the issue that mice do when you have multiple males in a tub, you know, where there's constant fighting and stuff. Um, but I haven't had that issue with mice. Like, I've been able to take a couple from a mice litter and, like, the others don't get obliterated, you know. So I, sure. I don't know. I just wasn't sure. It's It must have been purely coincidental then because – that was, I think, within like the first week of, of getting them and setting them up. And maybe it was just a stress thing. Um, I don't know. Because I've just been nervous to, to take a couple from a litter. Um, you know, not knowing if that was a, a consequence of, of yeah, doing Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. I mean... I just figured rats being smarter than being like, oh, they're taking my babies. Like, let me go ahead and make sure he can't take any more of them <laughs> i don't know i don't know it's a good question but i love those little things damn it they I are walk super in, cute i walk in and they all come up to the front of the tub and just look at me and as soon as i open the tub they all run to the back but then if i close it they come right back up and they're watching me yep and yep attached damn it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Bradley says it also could be temperament and stress. Maybe it's just that mom. Could very well be. Yeah, I'll put like a whole apple in the tub, and one of them will grab it and try to like run away from the others as they all try to like take it from them. And <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Oh man, I also I was talking to so my employer's daughter is in college. And one of her psychology classes, she had to take home a rat and train it, right? Well, she goes deep dive down this rabbit hole of different rat, rat hole, rat hole excuse me, um, of different rat species. And she was explaining to me that the particular line that she was working with, or that the students were working with, is the most placid and like well-tempered of all these lab rats. And... I didn't realize this, but I guess there's like four or five different strains or different lines of lab rats. And the ones that we get in the, in the, the, the herpetoculture world could be mixed up from those lines or multiple different lines, which is why you have some rats that honestly will bite a snake out of nowhere. If the snake refuses a live rat or whatever, and you have other ones that don't care the same way you have rats that will bite you as the keeper and other rats that they just don't care. They're chill. Yeah, see, none of these have tried anything like that. Like, I can put my hand in there and they'll come and sniff it, but none of them have, like... Oh, yeah, because, like, I've had, I put my hand in there to, like, to take a rat or, like, to take a water bowl out or something, and I've been bit by two two rats just reaching to put food in. So, I don't know. Hmm. It was a fancy rat, Mike said. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, so that's there you go. Special. Bill Bradley says uh, he worked with in college with blood pressure issues, and they were batshit crazy. Cannibalism all the way. So, hmm. very interesting. I'm yeah. glad yours are happy rats. They are. Like I, even when I'm cleaning and moving everybody, you know, aside from them just trying to get away from me, like none of them are aggressive or anything like that, and 
Yeah. I think they definitely know that I'm the I'm the one with the food now. Because, like I said, I walk in and they all like they come staring through the the you know the the wire on top at me and until I open the tub and they're like, oh shit, take off. <laughs> Some of those things are. Fr- I got a male that is huge. I named him Debo. Nice, gigantic, like the biggest damn rat I've ever seen in my life. That's awesome. Makes it super easy to pick him out in, in a group and and move him around because he's just. I need. To, I wish I. I need to get a scale and weigh him because, swear that thing probably weighs like three pounds. <laughs> Sounds like Bronze is gonna have lots of food for his carpets now. Yeah, yeah. Because I pretty much told him already. I was like, "Look, I'm not gonna have anything that's gonna eat adult rats. I don't. You know, you have stuff that'll barely eat adult rats, but I'll have them. Um, not that I plan on on offing any. You know, anytime soon, but. You know, when the time comes and they they've done their job and it's time to retire permanently, then Brats can have Adam. Yeah, in a few years, your pines will be able to take at least yeah. small, small or medium rats. Uh, I don't know, man. Like the the pine we had at the Nature Center when I worked there years ago would be able to take one of those rats and no problem. That was oh, a yeah. beast. Yeah, how, how are you finding keeping those things? Uh, I mean, they're fine. Mine are handleable. They're not pissy. They're not loud. They're. I find they 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 definitely change a bit. Like they'll be chill, and then the odd time they'll be all pissy and stuff. And you might move them into an actual cage eventually, mm-hmm. and they'll be they'll definitely be like un, a little unrest. They'll definitely be a bit more hissy and defensive, but they seem to settle in after a few months. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Brats also mentioned if you keep them warmer, they seem to definitely get crankier. Yeah, that too. Like if you just keep them in the seventies ambient and mm-hmm. maybe a high of eighty-two on like the warm side or something, that'll be just fine. And, my bigger, uh, my bigger male's the biggest like beggar because he just he's always at the front of the tub just looking at me like, "Oh yeah, you guys are for me today." Also nice. found using the uh, was it those roughneck uh, Rubbermaid bins. The mm-hmm. blue ones, just kind of hole in there, and the snakes will spend most of their time in there, anyways. And have one humid and one dry, and you can just pick up the whole tub and take it out, clean the cage, put it back in. And the snake mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. So, like it, to get around a pissy pine snake, that's pretty easy to do. Yeah, I'm glad mine aren't like some of Jake's. Like some of the ones Jake has are just really. Oh, yeah. I, I got I got one male that's that's like that. But he's getting better. He he's used to me now going in and out of the room. Before he if he, if he was out and you walked in the room, he would flip his shit. But now it's pretty pretty good. Let me ask you: Do you guys have a dedicated storage container for cleaning? Uh, I normally don't. Usually, if I most of the stuff I can just clean while opening the bin or going into the cage, and if not, I'll just grab a tub off the. Top, like the top of a rack and throw them yeah. in there shove them there. in there for the 10 minutes it takes you whatever yeah yeah that's kind of okay. what i'll do okay like with the, that. well with the adults that i fed when i pulled them out of cooling and stuff the other day because i knew they were going to go so hard you know i i fed them in a separate container because i didn't want them getting pine all over everything because yeah. you know how excited they get and stuff and so i went ahead and just separated them and put them in like individual tubs before i put them in their you know, their, their regular setups, 
Um, just because like the stuff that I use is that finer shavings and it, it sticks to those, those mice and stuff so bad. It's, it's a pain. So I was like, let me yeah. go ahead and circumvent this and just feed you guys before you go in there. Sure. Yeah. I just didn't know if you had like one drawer empty specifically for like rotating, you know what I mean? Or if you just had like a roommate tub that you throw them in. So usually I'll have like a smaller tub and then just put them in that, you know, mm-hmm. a minute or so until while I do my thing. And so usually I'll disinfect in between as well. Just spray it with some zep and wipe it down and do it again. Yeah, man. Zep yeah. is simple green. <laughs> yeah. With, so I, just, I usually have an extra 32 cord or something lying around in the room. Just use that for whatever I need to do. Yeah. So happy that I don't have my own rodents. <laughs> I, they're really yeah. not that bad. I don't like, aside from the cost going up with the rats because they eat a lot more, like, it's not a whole lot more work than the mice are. Like, instead of, you know, it takes me probably hour hour and a half to get everything cleaned and swapped out but i just do that on saturday mornings now that's i not actually can't enjoy it yeah that's well not bad. i mean i've said it before i'll say it again you're you're blessed that you have a barn to do it in so with high if, ceilings yeah if i ever contemplated that in a conventional home i would like someone oh, yeah. to kick me uh, in both shapes story yeah, I have I have one twenty gallon with mice in it in the garage, and that smells enough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I may Ugh. have to start wearing like a a mask or yeah mask or something. Yeah, I have noticed like it gets dusty in there, and then I get stuffy real quick. Like yeah, borderline allergies type. Well, I, I was gonna say is a lot of people that don't wear some kind of like even like a, a I mean covid mask for lack of a better word they they get an allergy because they've been breathing that shit in for so long you know mm-hmm. i actually found uh i did for in high school in grade 11 i did uh co-op at the local zoo and what is it on one of the, the first week i helped clean the bedding and the lion uh the house or whatever right mm-hmm. that there is so much ammonia or something in that sawdust that I think wow. I was sick for a week and a half. Wow. I'm pretty sure it was just because of that. Because like I was fine and then all of a sudden kind of felt allergies and then I got all sick and everything. So that was Jeez. Uh, I'm int- I w- it was probably because of that. Yeah, you, you don't think of stuff like that normally. You know? Like crazy. Oh yeah. I don't mind it. And Bill is saying I need an alligator snapper for cleanup now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you gotta get that Mertens. Yeah, right. Or a beaded. I still have beaded with my name on them. Yes, you do. And yes, I was you told do. the other night they're not going anywhere. <laughs> yep. so let me know when you're ready. You just need to build a walk-in enclosure right behind you for the studio. That's yeah, what it, I thought about, like getting like a a decent sized cage or something, and having that sort of be the where all the stuff sits. And I, I, I'd I, probably just build it out of two by fours, literally make it like six feet high, and five feet long, or something, and 
you might as well. <laughs> You'd probably get the most out of the animals. In that. Just just make like a giant studio desk. You can even have it curved, and one side's plexi, and have that be your beaded enclosure as your desk for podcasting. Yeah, and then I can't smoke cigars in here, though. Yeah, just crack a window. You're fine. I don't It'll know. Like, right. you, you've seen my garage, man. It's not. Yeah. Open it's long, but it's not time. wide. Yeah. So it's tough, and we've got a lot of crap in here. So. But speaking of Mertens, uh, there's a raffle going on right now. Yes, there is. That has a Mertens available. And there's plenty of slots left. Uh, some of the so like the black box slots, those are all filled up already. The Benchmade, I think the cutter, that, that cigar cutter, I think that's already filled up. Nice. Um, the ECW voucher is filled up. Cool. Uh, but there's still plenty of other stuff to go get slots on. So more complete please. carpet python. That's right. And, and you get the conjurer with that, so yeah, two for. I I very gently sort of flipped through that when it first came in. And I was I, after that, I was like, I'm not touching it because I don't want it, something to happen to it. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even I haven't even bought it for myself yet. But I was like, eh, if I'm gonna, I should donate it if I'm gonna get one. First thing I did was take my book and just crack it right in half, and just break that binding. That way, God forbid, I damage a page or something. I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> so it's did, a book. Did Nick it's... Mutton put uh, money in his uh, original uh, complete carpet books? I don't know about that. Because so the the guy that passed away, he had a book collection. Okay. He had the complete carpet, the original. Okay. And I I, I took it home and flipped through it, and there's. Two, there was two one dollar bills in, on random pages, most of the way through the book, as if Nick put that in there to see if you'd read it or not. Oh, Amer- really? American one dollar bills. Interesting. So I, I, and it was signed by Nick. So I, so I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that to see if people actually read the books or not. You gotta, you gotta message him and find out. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yep, there's some cave geckos, there's a leopard gecko, some poplin carpets, nice pair of corn snakes from Kasiki that I have offspring from that pair, but that female, like, I freaking love that snake, and I've been very tempted to buy a slaughter to myself on that, but <laughs> I don't need more corns. Yep. Uh, How's the Oreo? The what? Oreo cryptophis. The bandwidth. Mandarin. Oh, it's a mandarin. Oh, yeah, it's a I forgot. Mandarin. Sorry. Um, that's that's been a couple slots on that. So he, cool. he has that thing listed at twenty three hundred bucks on Morph Market. So yeah. yeah, that's a even if you bought all the slots, you're getting a good deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I put no cap on the slots. I never at any point said only two slots per person. I let it go. Wants, someone wants to let it go. Let it go. Yep. But and yes, Mike's Mike, and Mike's in the chat. Yep. He was gracious enough to donate that Meritons. And uh you know, I think Bill bought a slot and there's been a couple others that have that have bought a slot. I think and, Bill bought a slot for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I tell you, if, if 
I don't have the space. I live in an apartment, and it wouldn't be fair. But if I did have the uh, the space to do it, them water lizards is high on my list. So, and if I'm ever gonna get one, it's gonna be one of Mike's, flat out. So I tell you what I what I really want is that rhino art from Jeff Frederick. Oh yeah, dude, gorgeous. Love his style, man. Love his style. Definitely, definitely need to get some slots for that before the yeah. end of it. I keep forgetting he sent me a, a amazing poster that he got in his travels of the venomous snakes of Southern Africa, and I I have to get a, a frame for the hot room, and I have the thing in the hot room just sitting there. I keep forgetting to get the frame, but uh, man, he's a he's a stand up fellow. We got to get him back on air. Mm-hmm. I already have so like. I wasn't sure as far as when the time comes for the raffle, whether mm-hmm. we should use the old bingo ball roller. I, I decided that I think we need to make this more like the power ball. So yeah. I, I took a, 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 a pork rinds jar. Pork rinds. How Southern. From work. <laughs> and I cut a hole in the lid here. And then had to do like surgery with a soldering iron to get it because I cracked it. Oh, jeez! Uh, like Frankenstein it back together, but it's got 15 balls in here, and like it actually works pretty well. Like I was literally looking into like actual things to draw ping pong balls from because I have all these numbered. Mm-hmm. But if I shake this thing up and just flip it upside down, like it works perfectly. You got to hook a leaf so, blower up to it. So I it's thought like about figuring out a way to do that too. There's people yeah. that have on youtube that show you how to make one with like a shop vac but yeah dude stick a shop vac on there and we'll get we'll get jake to put on a a dress and he can be vanna white that's right he has to use his toes though (laughs) he's gotta (laughs) grab it out of the jar with his toe the foot (laughs) oh man that's ready to go you're forgetting uh the brats is uh 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 the uh milmora that he has, yes. like yes. it looks like Car- uh, <laughs> Connor. Connor wants all of them, it seems. Oh, and hey, thanks, Stefani, man, you're awesome. Rig that up in your garage. I look. I was looking into it. It just, it seemed like a lot more work than it really needed to be for what it was. So, and to buy one on Amazon that does that, even just like a ball, like a ping pong ball selector thing, they were like three or four hundred bucks. I was like, you're oh, out of your mind. Stupid. You know that's for that's for like professional bingo. I know. I yeah. Know. Nothing against our little bingo ball roller thing that served its purpose, but I just we, we like still it. use it. Just this one's I special. Just, I feel like the ping pong balls is is better. Yeah. So I went ahead and I numbered them. Yeah. And I still have some extras, but I'm ready. We're gonna draw yeah. on the 27th. Um unless everything fills up before then. Um, so please go to repeticulturenetwork.com. It should be right there on the homepage. Plenty of slots left. Um, original art from Jeff Frederick, like we said, that rhino rat art. Um, Doc Wyman has this like fish fossil that he's been yeah, that's super cool. carving himself, like cleaning yeah. up and, and stuff. Um, that's really neat. And then, uh, cold blood studio, really nice copperhead original art piece as well. Um, which I also may, I want to get a slot on. 
Um, I think that that THN like tack bag is almost full. Oh, that's cool. And what else was there? There's a lot of stuff. So there's like 27 yeah. items, and then there was some stuff that people wanted to add after we had sort of kicked it off, and I unfortunately kind of turned them down because. I didn't want to add stuff after people had already been buying slots. Right, right. And then people would be like, well, had I known you were going to add this, I would have got slots for that. But I've already sort of spent what I wanted to spend. So I just said, yeah. you know, we've already started. You know, maybe when we do another one later in the year or something, we'll we'll come back around. But it's just kind of one of those things where it's, and I should have actually done like a last call thing before I posted it. And been like, look, it's going live. Yeah. Last chance, you know, get in while you still can. And Well, I mean, this is obviously for a fantastic cause, and I, I hate to say it like this, but there will be more raffles, and you know, for other wonderful things. And and yes, Billy Jenkins says there's a fantastic California king snake. And so help me God, if someone wins that and tells me I can keep it, it's going in the next raffle. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts you to take care of it. It just it sucks. I think sucks. What do you have against Lamperpeltus? I don't have a thing against Lamperpeltus. I have a thing yeah, against you do. stuff. You do. Oh, come on. Ugh. I love Thayeri, and I love Alterna. You're the only Southern boy that I know that doesn't like the Getula complex. You are? I like, I like Eastern Kings. All right. But Cal Kings, Brooks, Florida's. All of those can go straight to hell. Sorry. How kids. you how you people enjoy keeping those is beyond me. It's great. They're adorable. Amazons dude, are more fun than freaking Getchelar. I, I sit there and like when I go over Anna Maria's house and she I watch her interact with her Florida King through the enclosure glass. Like I know it sounds crazy, but dude. That snake switched on, man. Like for a king snake. I mean, king snakes are pretty derpy. This thing, like, it knows when we come in the room. It's looking for food. It knows when the lights come. Like, it's it's switched on, man. I love them. They're great. Yeah, this thing switched on too. Is and like every time I open the tub, it just wants to murder me. It's because it knows that you are afraid of it. It has nothing but hatred for me. It it says or uh, anything for that matter. It says the the bearded one is back. I'm gonna scare him like a child. Keller's a real ass for <laughs> dropping it with me. <laughs> I've got a Brooks that would change your mind. I doubt that. The I only thing that's going to change your mind is a black milk. <laughs> I, you know, as much as everyone's been talking about those, they look like they'd be fun. Those I wouldn't mind. Dude, black milk's oh, yeah. a killer, man. Just Love keep them. room temperature. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Like, I, have you? Had, I've had have you played with in the past? Ha, have you played with Mexican black kings? I had some as a kid. Okay. Black milks are way better. <laughs> way better. I, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. And uh, Sean's in the chat. Sean and I have the best kings, the Outer Banks kings. Don't try to church it up. They're just get you low that are fancy looking. You shut your whore mouth. These are barrier island deliciousness. <laughs> No, oh, I didn't have Mexican Black Kings. I had Splendida. What are those? Desert. Desert King. Pro yeah, probably I had worse. some of those. 
Yeah, those those weren't much fun either. Like Hondurans were okay. They were just super spazzy and did nothing but musk you. All the cow kings I've had were horrible. Mexican black kings don't suck, Harry. The, they're just they're just little just little all spastic. The, all the getula stuff I've had from the time I was but a boy. That's when that's when my my problem with with getula started was we had a Brooks when I was a kid that would do that bullshit where it was all calm and cool. And you had it out, and then you'd look down, and it was like eating your finger, like straight up to the knuckle, going to town. And you'd be like, "What the hell, dude?" And you would every time pick it up. You're like, "Might not bite me. Might probably will." Untrustworthy, like little freaking schizophrenic psychopath of a snake. Oh my Just, god! You got and, bad touched by a Brooks eye. And ever since, I have especially brooks and and florida's like those are like at the top those are at the top of like my fuck you list brooks and florida's california's right underneath that keller's california's at the top of the list period like that little albino one he gave me i think it's maybe it's because it's an albino it's so horrible oh probably i kind of i kind of want to win that snake just to prove you wrong as long as it's at your house great <laughs> Please do. Uh, the thing's gonna probably chill out once it gets three feet long. And... <laughs> it's gonna chill out the minute I probably take just care like of that it. scrub did, Phil. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. Super calm, that super calm, calm yeah. tannin bar. Yeah, that tannin bar that that Doctor Wyman's daughter takes out and plays with. Ask Wyman herself. about it now. Guess what? He can't do that no more. Huh. Horrible. Okay. All right. What do you mean I've suffered through rhinos? There's nothing to suffer through with rhinos. Rhinos are perfect because rhinos don't play, don't have the, the game playing bullshit. And Harry, we said going eye in this chat, by the way. Nothing yeah. against Dr. Means. We say going eye. Yeah, yeah, I saw that comment. <laughs> uh, well, gentlemen. The doll where the Getula touched you. <laughs> I believe it was right to hear. <laughs> well gentlemen we're at the two hour mark <laughs> so uh michael where can people find you uh you can just find me uh on facebook it's just my name michael gillen and uh instagram uh, michael underscore gillen <laughs> nothing nothing too special michael gillen nice. i like it it's good well, this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check it out. You need a rack, you need a cage. Blackbox is all the rage. Use the code THN at checkout. Get 10% off your order. And uh, enjoy getting your rack inside of a two to three week lead time. You can wait the full three trimesters. And in one piece. That's right. You can wait an eternity and then some to get your cage, or maybe just get it and never know when it's going to show up. <clears throat> like a deadbeat dad might just show up at your doorstep unexpectedly. Black Box isn't going to let you down like that. Black Box is just going to be there. And then Puget Sound Pythons. Also check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Phil Dunn froze up. Uh... <laughs> This was episode 151. We'll be back Thursday for THP. Um, other than that, check out the raffle on our website. Link below. 
if you're listening to this or watching this after the fact, um, pay $50 less to wait a year. That's right. <laughs> Billy knows what's up. Uh, BioGs went quick in that raffle. So if you were wanting to get in on those, you, you slept on it too long. Those, those went way quicker than I thought they would. And like, I knew they'd go fast, but those things filled up in no time. So just a couple bio G's, which are awesome. That's the size that I use the size that I love. Got my, uh, a lot of my rhinos in those, all my rhinos except one. So thank you. We'll see everybody later. Mike. Thanks. Take it easy. Take it easy.